Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house. It is a remote edition of the show. And it's because Danny Brams, happy Father's Day, by the way. Danny Brams is on a trek across the country spreading the gospel of Charlotte FC. Where are you now, Danny Brams? I'm coming to you live from Fort Worth, Texas, my old stomping grounds where I went to college at TCU, and I'm here at my old, uh, the University Pub, my favorite bar that I used to come to every week when I went to TCU 25 years ago. Uh, well, let's say 24, you know, let's, <laughs> let's not go any older than I have to here. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving life. I'm feeling waves of nostalgia. I'm on a vision quest across the country, just kind of driving. Uh, brought my daughter here to Fort Worth, uh, where my mom lives. Going to drop her off with grandma. Going to go gallivanting about the uh, the West uh, with really no destination in mind, uh, except for I'm going to see Widespread Panic next weekend. And I'm going to go see an RSL Columbus match since I happen to be in the neighborhood. So getting my MLS fix on the weekend since I can't uh, be live at the keep. But, uh Yeah. It's going to be a great trip, and it's kind of aimless, and it's kind of fun, and I'm here in Fort Worth, and uh, did get to watch the Charlotte match from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, halfway on my trip here. and He was watching in Memphis. <laughs> watching in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time, man. They said, uh, they, said uh, they asked me if I was a Charlotte fan. I said, ma'am, I am tonight. Sure, it was, uh, it was a great time, and uh, had a blast. I... Uh, Wish it would have been a better result. You know, John, you and I were talking a lot during the game. It was great to sort of be like live tweeting each other via the Discord app. And uh, we didn't really like a lot of what we saw, unfortunately, right? Danny Brams, 100%. And like, I'll start with this, Danny Brams, that it was a mentality that was not ambitious enough. But I'm not going to wax poetic just yet, my friend. We got time for that. We do have time for that because we've got a busy show today. And I do want to introduce our guest co-host. You know him. He's been on the Charlotte Soccer Show before, just with Danny Brams. So I'm excited to be here with him today. It's Matt Keslin, and he's on the road at his new spot in Portland. What's going on, Matt? Hey, guys. I was going to say, it sounds like Brams was just trying to follow my path and make sure I sprinkled enough Charlotte FC wonder in all the states I stopped through. So, uh, you know... (laughs) Great to see you guys. Uh, yes, out here in the Pacific Northwest, but uh, great to, to tag along one more time. And Johnny, like you said, uh, we missed you. Um, it, it felt like you know Brams had it under control, and uh, you know we you know we we let you back on, which is totally understandable, especially since I left. But uh, you know we're, we're glad that you're feeling better back on the show, and good to see both of you guys. Hey, Geslin, you filled in very admirably. But hey, there is no show without John Hayes on air. Come on, no, we know that. There, yes. no, for sure. That is for sure. That is for sure. I've I've got one job tonight, and then I'm just going to let you boys talk for the next <laughs> hour. And the the thing that I have to do is just let everybody know what we're talking about tonight on the show. What are you drinking though? What are we drinking? Come on. Oh, that's a great question, Danny Rams. Thanks. Before we get into that, we've got a ton to talk about on the show. The faux Eastern Conference table is, is is something that I'm excited to talk about. But first and foremost, and we're also going to pick our golden boy of the match. Of course, we're going to pick our golden boy of the match. I'm drinking Triple C. Uh, went over there earlier today, Danny Brams, Matt. Somewhere that we used to all uh, hang out together in South End. And I got myself a nice four-pack. And I'm back at the house now recording the show. What are you drinking, Danny Brams? I'm drinking local, like I like to do, where you know, wherever I am. I'm drinking a Fort Worth local brew called Wild Acre Texas Blonde. I'd put it somewhere halfway between a Pilsner and a Lager. It's kind of uh, goldish, but not quite amber. And it is gorgeous. It's uh, going down the gullet nice and smooth. And I'm in a very good place right now, Matt and John. I... Uh, I hope you guys are, are ready to be on my level. That's all I can say. We're here, and we've got a, we've got a ton to talk about. And I, I might just reach – by the way, I exceeded your level at the match <laughs> uh, in our last W against Red Bulls. And I can exceed your level again tonight if I have to. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're going to have game reaction. We're going to have player ratings. We're going to have uh, a conversation about the, the substitution pattern from interim boss – 
Christian Latanzio. It's a big talking point after the match. We're definitely going to have some takes on that. And, of course, we're going to have an MAR discussion. It's the it's the Charlotte soccer show. That's what we do on the show. And we're going to get Geslin's first take on not just the firing, but the tactical difference between the two managers. I think that will be a, a really good segment on the show. Uh, Alan Franco, what's his future? And, of course, Swiderski and Jozwiak are Polish boys. They're back stateside, but they're not contributing uh, to the club just yet. Will they this weekend? Hope so. And then, of course, we've got your questions, Danny Rams. We've got the Danny Rams rapid-fire oh. question segment. <laughs> it's one of my favorite segments. This has become one of the most looked-forward to segments. Yeah, big time. I love it. Can't wait. This is all I listen for. <laughs> I mean, every week. It's the only thing one listens for. You just kind of go towards wherever, wherever that is in the show. We have the best listeners, so we always get the best listener questions. That's the way it works. Definitely. The TIFOs are unbelievable. The tremendous friends of the show. You can be one of those, by the way. It's it's pretty simple. Just give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. Drop us a review. And if you ask a question in your review, we'll, we'll definitely answer it on the show as well. But we appreciate the love. Helps us get the word out about the show. And hit us up on, on social as well. At For The Crown Baby. And that's where we take most of our question submissions. It's it's game reaction time. It's a 1-1 draw, fellas. Shouldn't have been. Didn't have to be this way. Should have been three points easily. I don't I don't disagree with that, Danny Brams. I think I think truthfully, the lack of ambition it was, was the big takeaway. And something Geslin that I said to you after the matches, I said we have a new Italian boss. We 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 have somebody <laughs> that is uh, reminiscent to me of Antonio Conte, uh, the same sort of philosophy. And mm-hmm. this was an opportunity for him to be super conservative. And his nature was to, to take yeah. it. What, what, what was your reaction to that? I totally agree with Brams. Um, three points lost. That, I mean, that's they're in the bag. I mean, so we can talk about, you know, the, the goalkeeping error or error, errors, plural. Um but so that's that's where it is. But I think to your point about. By the way, hold on a second. This is why we invite you on the show. It's a great take right off the bat here. I mean, three points lost. I mean, that's three points. Three points lost. I mean, that's literally. I mean, he he costs you three points right there. But I mean, that's what it is. So you got to kind of move on from that. I, I tend to agree. I, I I can't find fault with that argument. I mean, Kalina. As much as we love Super Kalina, he's the man. Uh, I still put him in the top half, at least, of goalkeepers in MLS without even thinking about it. And if I thought about it, I could probably rate him higher. But a little bit of lackadaisical effort sometimes on some of these, this playing the ball out at the back with his feet. He had the, the lazy drop kick against Red Bulls that Klamala was able to block and almost score off of. He had, of course, the really poor clearance versus D.C. that led to a goal. He had the really poor clearance versus Philadelphia that led to a goal. And now he had... You can't even call this a really poor clearance. This is just a horrible fucking touch. I mean, this is just bad. This is amateur hour soccer. I, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was doing. Did he expect that he had a center back there to cover him, that he could take the heavy touch? Did he not realize that Hurtado was lurking? I'm not sure, but it was ugly. The whole situation leading up to the goal was not necessarily how you want to play either, though. And I think that kind of goes back to John's point of where does the coach want to play in this style? And I think he the game plan the rest of the way was what you wanted out of it, an away game as well. And we've talked about the, the struggles on the road for this team. It's a new manager coming in, coming up with a new strategy. How is it going to play? You know, I think the, the goal, like I said, the goal was what it was. It kind of was a shitty situation. You kind of move on with it. 41 at the end of the half hurts. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating. Because they never... Columbus never threatened anywhere else. Like right. that was the only chance they even had to score. They they didn't really even have any other dangerous chances that I can remember. They shot it into Kalina's gut a few times, but they didn't have they did not have a shot on goal for a forty minute stretch of the second half. Right. I mean it's it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, there's just no they were they they posed zero threat to us. Right. And we never should you know even giving up the sloppy goal, it it leads into the next part of the conversation of how was the second half mentality just trying to get a draw against a team that clearly was not even uh, really able to beat you. I, I mean, I think, you know, there's a little bit, you know, Bram, we're, 
what 16 games in now and you're you got to take points where you can at this point i think even if it's a conservative new style of play you know there's players playing in extended minutes you know mackenzie Gaines is not used to playing as long as Wait, he you is. just he said it was three off. points lost you just yes. said it was three points yes. lost and <laughs> now you're telling me to take a point where i can't no but in this case you you would have won the game if there's no error there the way that you played you played a conservative game you struck when you did with with andre's it goal. should have been a one nil win exactly that's where the line is. yes I, i'm hearing exactly what you're saying i think it's a great point and that's why in the very beginning i was just like i I think it's a great take right off the bat. And I think it, it creates a conversation that is really important to think about because we, we, we need to get into our our, our player ratings as yep. well. Um, and, and no, 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 you're good. But I think that and Christian Kalina's performance is a huge part of that. It's not often that he is the lowest rated player on the field for Charlotte FC. And he was on Saturday night at Columbus. And it's the second time on the road this season that he's had a gaffe that has led to a a loss. Fine, you can argue that in Philly there was another goal scored, but still, it was the first goal of the match. It was right before halftime, and Kalina let it let it slip behind. And that's something that Matt, you've talked about a lot is is MLS goalkeeping, and that's something that I really want to underscore tonight is that. MLS goalkeeping, while we love Christian Kalina, he's a shot stopper. But I think part of the problem with MAR's tactics and now Latanzio's tactics is relying on Kalina to create from inside the box. Yeah. I, it's not possible with his for feet. him. Yeah. With his feet. And it's really dangerous. And it's it's just one of those things in MLS where you hope on the night that it's not your team that the goalkeeper blunder happens to. It's every night. In MLS, and I, I harp on MLS – in the nicest way possible because it's a it's a growing league it's much better than it was in the past but still every night you can flip on a highlight reel and see these teams trying to play out of the back with the goalies with the ball at their feet and no disrespect to them but they're no they're no allison or edison and they shouldn't be playing that way and so you i think you mentioned it on one of the episodes where it's about decision making and the decision making is so much slower in mls than it is at the highest level and and that's where you kind of get get caught. And some of these managers who have coached or managed at the highest level are expecting their players right out of the gate to have that expectation and, and skill. And I think that's where Christian's going to kind of get a little bit um, not thrown off, but I think, you know, having actually a couple of games under, he's still growing this team. It's still really early in the team's development, especially under him. Under Latanzio, it is, but he's been on the staff the entire season. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. So I'm I'm not going to give him the benefit of the oh he's got to take a couple of weeks to to understand his squad. Right, he knows all these guys. I was told by someone in Poland that he knows all these guys better than MAR did. So <laughs> you know, like what 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 the fuck? I mean, four points in two games though. I mean, that's a pretty good start for an interim manager. That you know, first game was great, and and that's something else that truthfully that that I wanted to get into the substitution pattern here, and right. and the lineup. So the lineup and back-to-back matches, similar. But not just similar, a mirror image of, of one another. Right. The same lineup and back-to-back games at home and on the road. And when we saw the lineup at home, we said that it was a aggressive lineup, a, a front-foot lineup, something that was going to go out there and potentially get three points at home. So when that same lineup starts on the road, I, you should have that same thought. And mm-hmm. that's where where it that's that's what happened, is that Latanzio was from the get from the jump, ready to play front foot offensive style football, and was going to continue with that aggressive formation in the lineup. And then he gets sixty five minutes into the match, and he's one one, and he says, "Well, I've been doing that for sixty five minutes. Let me just do something else for the rest of the way, because I've got all these defensive substitutions that I could that I could use. And by the way, I'm going to use them late." To, to make sure that this this 1-1 draw gives me one point and I can still say I'm unbeaten. So for me, that's that's the huge takeaway here is that from the very beginning and talking about this, like Latanzio, he had an aggressive lineup. If we could, right? We called it aggressive at home. Yeah. He just had the most conservative subs of all time to that kind of canceled out that aggression. Exactly. So I, the more that I've thought about this, I, I totally agree with you, Brams, that like the lack of ambition in the final 20 minutes 
was not ideal, but he at least he was ambitious off the, the jump and just left his same lineup in that he had at home in, in the W. Don't change a winning side. That's, you know, that's age-old wisdom in soccer, and I'm fine with it. I had no problem with lineup with seven. It kind of goes back to the point earlier. Like, if the game is 1-0 at that time and he makes those subs, are you, that's a completely different conversation, it's, right? It's so, a great point. Of course, yeah. Again, like the whole thing came down to the gameplay, the game plan it was executed, maybe not, you know, up to what we were looking for, but it's a road road match, first one under him. You get you get that you know that like you said, Rams, that domination in the second half, which is kind of what you were expecting. And you give up a, a fluky goal that changes the entire complexion of the game. And instead of a one-nothing conservative road win, you have a one-one draw and everyone loses their mind when it's a it's still a a point on the road. I wouldn't say I lost my mind. I'm just very disappointed. I don't think I've lost my mind, but I, I, I just, I'm not going to call it something that it's not. That's all. No, that's fair. And maybe that's a little extreme on my end, but I think, I think there's still an expect expectations are a little like, that's a good road point. You know, like, I mean, that's, it wasn't black and blue. It wasn't black and blue. We bleed. We, 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 we bleed black and blue, man. I mean, come on. This guy was doing white flag stuff, and we're looking for black and blue. Speaking of black and blue, the Blue Hornet. What the Blue Hornet? Alan Franco, his future, not in the squad. There's transfer rumors surrounding the club. I I don't know what to make of him, Danny Brams. I'm going to ask you later in the show um, exactly what you think about Alan Franco and his future with with Charlotte FC. You've been a huge proponent of his. Yeah, you can probably guess. But I, I want to get the latest update from you as well. Like, is he, is he going to leave the club or not? I want to get your prediction about that. Uh, the one last point I wanted to make about the substitutions. Yes, we, we know they're, they weren't ambitious. Ruiz came in for TT Ortiz in the 20th minute. It was a like for like, or excuse me, with 20 minutes to go in the 70th minute. It was a like for like. Al Savar comes in for Bender as well. I think that was the 85th or the 86th minute. And immediately creates a huge chance. You know, like, <laughs> it's like. Man, I wish we could have seen 10 more minutes of him out there. That was a like-for-like like change as well. And Al Savar is who uh, should be on free kicks, and it is who should be on corner kicks as well. Well, well while we're talking about that, it kind of, I think we should get to this point real quick, which uh, I'm not sure I wanted to ask you about, John, because Geslin and I were watching remotely, right? So we're watching the Columbus local broadcast, and you were watching the Charlotte local broadcast. So I'm, I don't think the camera shots were the same. I wanted to know if on the Charlotte cast, if it caught some of the camera shots of Latanzio and TT in the second half, kind of going at it a little bit. And just like, it didn't look like they were very happy with each other. I'm not sure. I don't, did you see any of that? None of that on the Charlotte broadcast. What, well, what'd you think, Geslin? Cause you saw it. Yeah. And I saw it actually during, and I think I texted you this during the, the injury timeout um, when mm-hmm. Arujo went down and Carujo, sorry, went down. And so they were talking and it looked like, like Tanzio is not very happy with whatever Ortiz said to anybody and just like kind of was like, did you really kind of just say that type of look? And then um, I didn't realize that they continued that conversation, Brams, that you saw. But uh, when you texted yeah, me after, that I, after full time, they were kind of like pointing at each other and looked like they had. Kind yeah. Of so I didn't notice that, but I had noticed strange, it yeah. earlier. So when you texted us, I was like, oh, yeah, I noticed it earlier, too. So, um, you know, maybe it's just, you know, a, a, a little bit of adjustment, you know, the different styles, different manager, you know, a couple of things here and there. There's still some feeling out to do. I know it's two weeks and he's been there a while, but he wasn't the guy, you know, MAR ran that team. And so it's a different approach to how he's going to play and how he's going to manage these guys. So um, I'm not defending him. I mean, I'm just saying that there's still a time. Time to- out. I want your take on how TT Ortiz played on Saturday night. I don't think he was that great. I mean, he had moments. I think there was some, you know, there was a couple of opportunities. He was a little selfish, you know, that little cheeky trying to chip the back corner of the net when he had two guys in the box. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of feel like this is the, the the trend with him. We talked about it earlier in the season and very kind of like me, a little bit of a me, me, me guy. And it's, it seems to be flaring up a little bit again. So, um, you know, hopefully it's just kind of a, a little hiccup and and not a long-term thing but that's going to be have to be addressed if it is well it's it's two managers this season who seem to have a interesting relationship with tt ortiz and by interesting i mean a 
relationship that doesn't look great on the surface level. And mm-hmm. we, we talked about TTB and the, the, the player on the bench when Adam Marmer scored the franchise's debut goal and how he didn't celebrate that moment. And right. we, we, we see his reactions on the pitch as well. I think his talent is, is undeniable, but he's certainly difficult to manage. And that is, that is clear now more than ever. I mean, he got he got himself so far into MAR's doghouse that I didn't think we were going to see him again for months. And then, obviously, the manager change, and he gets right back on the pitch. If he's going to put himself in Latanzio's doghouse, I mean, that that to me is well. But, but why is he starting ahead of Alcivar? I don't understand it. Right. That's what. That's the point. Like, I I think we'll see a change. I personally think I don't want to read too much into you know a few things I saw on some like five ten second camera shots, but. I think we'll see Alcivar back. He was he's too good. I mean, Jordy like it, he like I said he instantly created a chance as soon as he came in. He serves up a lot better balls. TT on his free kicks on his corner kicks kind of serves in this little fizzy little like low low backspinny like type of ball and I, I, it just doesn't really seem like it's that threatening. So, I need to see Alcivar back in there sooner than later. I think there's there's elements of both, but I do have a question for for you guys more so cuz you've been connected to it i mean is there any element of this that's kind of you know the reason why he is the manager right now someone else wants to see ttrts in the lineup versus jordy i mean that's kind of what we heard coming out of this you know this dust up this shake job no i i I would understand that point i i I would understand that point if he wasn't on the staff from day one that's fair Mm -hmm. so to me it's just like you've been there this entire time what are you going to see now right that you ha- that you didn't see before, and which, by the way, we're running the same exact formation that we ran mm-hmm. before. So it's not like I'm finding anything else out uh, in in a different position that he he could play. So I, to to me that to Latanzio is for some reason hitching his midfield wagon to Tito Ortiz, his creative role, the number ten position. Maybe because Latanzio just goes into the dressing room and points at number ten. And he's just wearing the lucky number. And he's wearing the lucky number. Hey. There he is. Hey, number 10. Yeah. You play that position, right? All right, get out there, kid. Show us what you I got. I hope it's not like that, but it's possible, I guess. But but meanwhile, Jordi Alcivar is sitting on the bench saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more fit than him. I mm-hmm. provide better service than him. And mm-hmm. I can go the full 90 as well. Ooh. So we like that. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, and you know, you have to look at the new manager, like I said, a little bit and kind of how he wants to play. I mean, Latanzio had, you know, a Maxi Morales type of role at NYCFC when he was there with, uh, with Patrick Vera. I mean, that's could be a similar type of role that he's envisioning TTRTs to kind of play in and, and kind of develop into. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Again, you have to, you know, that's the only assessment you can look at is what these managers have done in the past. I mean, that's a comparable type of player and uh, it seems like a similar yeah, type of fit, but um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't I'd know. I'd say Maxi's free kicks. Maxi's free kicks are much better than TV. Oh, absolutely. That. Absolutely. That's why we bring you on the show. I think that's really good analysis. I, I truly do. And I think it's, it's big picture thinking as well. Um, sometimes Danny Rams and I are, are in our Charlotte uh, football club bubble, and it's nice to have somebody like you now out on the West Coast. Yep, West yeah. in Portland, the home of the MLS Cup last season, didn't get it done at home to NYCFC. Uh, but they did get to host. They they did get to host the MLS Cup. Oh, hey, real quickly before we get into a few other things, I just want I wanted to get your thoughts on like being in Portland and the Timbers footprint in town. Do mm-hmm. you notice it? Oh, absolutely. Even so, I, I mean, even where I am up in kind of a quieter neighborhood, there's actually a sports soccer bar right around the corner. Uh, I mean, how could you get any better? Uh, walking distance, you know, with, uh, you know, an actual football bar. So, um, and there's flags everywhere. There's, you know, colors everywhere. There's you know, people walking in kits on game day. Uh, it's a, it, it's definitely part of the culture now. I mean, uh, it's been a, around here a lot longer, obviously. And the, the, 
the roots are deeper than they are where Charlotte is for sure. But, and there's a much bigger variety, you know, you have the thorn, you have a lot of other things going on here too. So um, soccer is definitely, you know, ingrained here, um, which is great because it's, it's, it, you know, in its own way, it's, it's a different little bubble than the rest of MLS, I feel like. And um, obviously the, the success here is, is second to none. So um, they've done something right for sure. It's fun to hear that because Charlotte FC is a new franchise, just like projecting into the future. If Charlotte could be a, a soccer hub like that. And if you look at my location on Twitter, you can follow me at John Hayes on air. Uh, my location is Charlotte is a soccer city. And we can definitely say that Portland is a soccer city as well. Follow the show on Twitter at for the crown baby. Gee, it's awesome to have you on the show tonight. It's 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 fantastic to hang out with with Danny Brams, who's on location at one of his college bars in Fort Worth, wow. Texas. The TCU graduate. What a pleasure for me to say that sentence out yeah, loud. Even to hear it, <laughs> just to hear that. The, the nostalgia feels. The nostalgia feels are hitting me really hard. Yeah, but the, the, I don't know if it's the nostalgia or the uh, Wild Acre Texas lawn, to be honest, but. Might be a sweet combination of both. So we've got uh, a few things to do real quickly. The golden boy of the match. I've got the golden boy here right here from Triple C. I told you I went out and got a four-pack this afternoon to make sure that I had uh, a few pints for the program this evening. And my golden boy of the match is the one, the only, the birthday boy, Verani Bro. He is the golden boy of the match because he just never stops and he provides. Latanzio doesn't take him out because he can't take him out. And he's, <laughs> he's an absolute rock in the midfield for Charlotte FC. Uh, my golden boy of the match is pretty obvious one. It's the goal scorer. Uh, I've pretty much quickly outed myself as a massive uh, Shinyashiki fan as soon as we signed him. Great signing, uh, he wasn't the, the highest-rated player, but he was slightly higher rated than Bronny, so he did get the goal. And I, let me check your stats real quick. Uh, two shots. They gave him two shots on goal, four shots overall. He was beating guys off the dribble. He earned fouls. He had the one chance that was ruled offside. I think if he would have scored that late in the match, they might have VAR'd it. It was pretty tight. He might have had a game with goal there if he could have finished it, so – Maybe that's a reason to knock him down a few pegs, but I'm going to still give him my golden boy because I love him. And he also recently had a birthday. So, hey, there we go. He stole mine right out from under me. So I will, but I, I definitely agree with you. Um, oh, pick somebody else. Come that, on. For, if, oh, I, oh, I have another, I have a backup. I okay. have a backup. Don't worry. But I just wanted to say Andre is definitely, um, you know, feeling pretty good about his new role where he's playing. And no it's good to see a, a good goal scorer. Um, he's, coming he's, to life. he's the best uh he, Andre's the best forward in club history right now he is and he's 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 feeling it too uh no I'm gonna go Mackenzie Gaines um I think you know again he's just continuing to show us what he has you know I know Johnny's been really high on him I've, I've talked about him at different times on this show too uh just kind of the different option that he would give you know the, the manager and the team and uh, he's really coming into his own he's definitely got a lot to to learn you know I think there's some uh you know he's got to develop a a, a across um, he's got to get that ball in the box on a different angle or a different trajectory to kind of just depending on who he's going mm -hmm. after which takes time and that's some skill but he's got that speed and i think he's going to be a great wing back if um if they want to go that route if they if they change it up at any point they have versatility um and and you know he'll be a, a great asset going forward uh, definitely a project um, but i think you're gonna again brams i know we talked about it when i was on with you last time a, a good mix of of project and develop players now going forward the rest of the way, I think is what you're going to see um, as, as the team kind of develops and figures out where they're going to go uh, long-term. We love games here. Love that pick. It's a great backup selection because of the pace he offers. We can, we can talk about that over and over and over again. I would say shout out to Guzman who actually did have the highest sofa rating on the game at a 7.5. Uh, you know, like again, I don't respect Columbus's attack, so I, I expect our defenders to to you not. Know, our as far as I'm concerned, our defenders kept a clean sheet. Colleen is the one who messed up the clean sheet. The defenders were great, but again, they weren't really troubled too hard. So, four highest ranked, highest rated players on the pitch: Guzman Garujo, a seven point five; Andre Shinyashiki, a seven point two; Brant Bronico, and Anton Walks. 
a 7.0. Those are the four Charlotte FC players that were rated 7.0 or higher against Columbus Crew. And I would agree with those those ratings as well. Mackenzie Gaines, a 6.6. I think if he's better in the final third, Geslin, then this then this game just totally unlocks. Agreed. Right? It's like the Agreed. it's the key. It's the code. If if he can figure out how to have composure in that final third, that six point six turns into a seven point five or even an eight point oh pretty quickly with a goal and maybe even an assist for Mackenzie Gaines out there on the right wing. Full ninety. It's it's the full ninety award. It's something that is uh really Part of the heart and soul of this program, Danny Brams. Um, got to go full ninety to get to get our full respect. You got to go full ninety. Guzman Carujo, Anton Walks, Joseph Mora, Brant Bronico, Danny Rios as well. The the full ninety for for Charlotte FC. Quick thought on Danny Roy, Rios, Danny Brams. I felt like he was a, a bit non-existent on Saturday night. Yeah, he was kind of non-existent. But who would have subbed in for him? You know, we, he was the only striker on the in the squad. You could have put Vargas in, I suppose. Or if we had been leading like we were supposed to, you could have made a defensive sub in for Rios. But, yeah, he, he, he wasn't his best game. I, I, I don't really recall almost anything that he really did. He was just kind of invisible out there, unfortunately, which is, uh, you know, he wasn't bouncing. Uh, you know, he, he was not bouncing anybody out of the club. So that's the job. I mean, if you can't perform the job, then... Eric, Eric Hurtado got into the club in cargo shorts. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't, you, you can't have that. And you've got to have a collar as well. Uh, Danny, Danny Rios, he, he's somebody that we love on the show. And again, I, I'll, I think it's important to bring up that Carol Swiderski should be in that position. And well, maybe, maybe Carol will play on Saturday. Maybe. We're going to get into that. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, Matt Geslin in the house. You can follow Danny Brams at Danny Brams. You can follow me at John Hayes on air. You can follow the show. Please follow the show at For the Crown Baby. And Matt Geslin, I, I'm not going to give out any Twitter love for you. Why don't you, um, why don't you rep your Instagram handle? Maybe even give a shout out for some of your photos if you want to. Oh man, that's unnecessary, but um, sure. I'm Gesslin photo, um, average photos. If you want to see some average photos and uh, yeah, that's about the only place I have socials for. So uh, I'm an old man. I don't have socials. Sorry. Check it out. Make sure you follow that. A ton to talk about after the break tactics, Latanzio versus MAR. This is a segment I'm really looking forward to Charlotte FC seventh in the table with 16 games played. And we've got some listener Q&As for Danny Brams. Of course. We'll be back after this. Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Special guest co-host Matt Keslin boys tactics Latanzio versus MAR that that's the discussion that I'm going to get in I refreshed I, I got a fresh golden boy out here Danny Brams what's going what's going on at the bar out there man it's going good I just uh during the break I was talking to the bartender just telling him about uh you know the old days the old stories at the, at the university pub back when I used to come back in the day and uh one of the cool things about this place is on the inside, they have all these Polaroids that, that are de- just all over the walls. The whole entire walls are just covered in Polaroids. And uh, I didn't see anybody. I don't, I don't know if they replaced all the ones that were here, you know, 20 years ago when I was in school. But uh, it looks like people are enjoying this place just as much as I did back then. So I, I, I can't hate it. Love when an institution is able to last. Uh, every business like next door to this place has changed two or three times over in the last 20 years. But this place is still standing. So I'm... Uh, things are very good right now, for sure. It's got staying power, uh, yep. the University Pub. And the reason why is because I've got cold beer. And <laughs> yeah, college exactly. kids love that sort of thing. And a purple pool table. Yes, they oh, do. Uh, oh, well, how can you <laughs> yeah. go wrong with either one of those two things? So we've, we've, we've got something that we really want to get into right now. We want to get into uh, Christian Latanzio, his tactics, 
And not just from Saturday, just from the first two matches that we've seen thus far. So I don't, I don't think it's like a, it's a big picture conversation just yet. We, we have two, our sample size is two. And that's, that's not enough for me to just like totally pick a side on Latanzio's tactics versus MAR's tactics. But uh, I do want to share my, my takeaway. Right. You, you don't, you may not have a, a, a like super deep informed analysis, but you definitely have a take because I know what this take is. <laughs> yes, exactly, and and uh, it was it was one of my uh, my first takes after after the match on Saturday night. You know, you, you watch the match and you, and you combine it with what you saw at home against New York Red Bulls, and tactically, every criticism from the Miguel Angel Ramirez era still existed for Charlotte FC. Now, today, as I sit here a few days later and look back at my instant reaction from the match, I totally stand by it. And and the reason why is because everything looks exactly the same. And I think that's why I'm like losing um, a little bit of 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 faith in, in this squad and, and what it's what, what it could potentially achieve, because. Well, well th- think about what we were sold. We were sold that. MAR is holding this team back. So if the new guy's just doing the same exact things, then what the hell? And it just underscores really the personal rift that existed, you know, with within the, the locker room. And it's it's sad uh-huh. because the, the tactics are the same. And I think MAR was, was, was truthfully someone who was getting the best out of this squad. And that's what I've said all the way since. There's a reason why. Sure. You know, MAR, the 2-0 result at home, MAR, did, he, he was there. He did that. And that's nothing new for this club. You go on the road, you get a draw. Sure, he, he went there and did that. And, you know, people, it's right. easy to, like, put statistics. Show us something new. It's, it, exactly. It's easy for something to, someone to put statistics out there. But, like, Danny Brams and I, we were down in Atlanta, and it was 1-1. It was like the 96th minute, and MAR was about to get out of there with a 1-1 draw. But you know what he did in the final 20 minutes, Danny Brams? Made some offensive stuff. He went for it. Yep. He went for it. And we didn't go for it. And Atlanta's a much better team than Columbus. If anyone that is a Columbus fan is listening to this, they're going to fucking hate me. Because I will just not stop shitting on this team. But I just have no respect for Columbus crew whatsoever in 2022. They're just not a good team. And we, for us to lose points against them is just really got still getting my goat. You know, 48 hours later, it sucked. Interesting thoughts all around. To your point on 1-1 in Atlanta going for the win. You ended up losing. So you didn't get the points. You got no points there. I mean, yeah, I know, but it's exactly what we were asking for. It's every, it's, it's like literally what the entire just, fan base I'm, is I'm saying. I'm just like, pointing. Oh, we, I really wish we would have been I'm, more ambitious, oh like we God. were under MAR. I totally get yeah. it, but you, there's, like I said, you lost the game. Uh, you know, so there. Yeah, look, it's, it's a hard one because I think we've all talked about it. The whole city's probably talked about it, especially the last couple of weeks. You brought this guy in. You started the program. You knew what you were getting yourself into. If you didn't know what you were getting yourself into and what you were trying to put put in the manager at the time, then it goes back. It doesn't have anything to do with this team. It has everything to do with management. Look, we've talked about it. I've talked to both of you at various points together individually. This squad is not good. Like We have to just be realistic. This is a very young expansion you've talked about how it's the least financed team in the in the league as far as salary is concerned it's just not a very good squad so i don't know who if it's latanzio is going to do better than mar but both were already they were both put in bad spots with the roster that they had you gave hey, the careful. guy you the keys kind of to stuff, the ship you, you people come after hey you. that's fine <laughs> i don't have any socials so don't, it's fine <laughs> Look, so you know the guy. The guy was given the keys to create the car, and in and in eighteen months you get rid of him. Like, it, so I, this question is so so loaded. I don't even want to get in the middle of it because it, it's it's who knows? Because all the work 
Could have been, but by Mar and now Latanzio well, will reap the benefits. Look, so Latanzio, I mean, Mar it, such a it doesn't matter. One. Like we're going to continue to talk about it because it's part of the story of the season, and that's what we do on this pod is tell sure, the story. Totally. But like, we're not going to change. Absolutely. I get it. It's really more of a, an issue of like, what can Latanzio show us that's different from Mar at this point? Right? Is that what we're trying to get to the heart of? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yes, and I think exactly. you're going to see a difference a little bit in, in time. Again, this is his, he had an international break. He caught them at the end of it. Some guys were still over in, in their international Some duties. Some guys were not still in that's their the international setup for, duties and still weren't I, there. But I mean, <laughs> that's, I know, I knew you were going to go there. So that's why I was kind of setting for later. But he doesn't have much time with these guys yet. You know, give him a few weeks to, ha- and I go, John. I know that you said he's there all all the whole time, but he wasn't the manager. It wasn't his his show. Um, I think there's going to be little. There's going to be a lot of MAR pieces still that you see, but I think Latanzio slowly will start to implement some of his things. You know, pushing the the fullbacks a little higher last night, dropping that center back and uh, Bronico a little deeper when they had the ball going forward. So uh, I think you're going to you know higher press. Um, you know, I think there's going to be little things that you see as we grow into this new system that Latanzio wants to play, but I don't think you're going to see it overnight. Um, these guys have been ingrained with MAR system for too long. They're, they're not going to be able to just flip a switch, uh, mid season. I don't think this storyline will continue, continue to roll on. Yeah. It's just like, I, I feel somewhat of a responsibility to bring it up, uh, every, ever sure. after every match today, because I think it's such a, a critical moment, a seminal moment uh, in the in the in the story of the season, as Danny Ram said. Like we we, it's part of our story here on the show. Yeah. Is that Mar was a martyr for for Charlotte totally. FC. That, hey, I'm in the camp that he should have still been here to give him the year to see what he does. I don't think that was you know. So I'm in I'm in the I'm in the tell the story. I'm in it. <laughs> well, we but we you could either tell fiction or you could tell nonfiction. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, and we're in the right. business of nonfiction, right? And and we know that Carol Svidersky and we we know that Camille Yuzviak, our two designated players, are not in the lineup in this match. They were on international break to play with Poland, and their connection and their dedication to this club over the next six to eight months is going to be put in question mm-hmm. and you could even go in, into the next 14 months uh, because next year during the summer transfer window, if Svidersky has a great world cup and he comes back to MLS and he plays well, and we get into the summer transfer window, his return to Europe is best case scenario. His worst case scenario is his contract with Charlotte FC. And that's what concerns me as a fan. Yeah, and I think I think to answer your question from the before, what you may get out of Latanzio that you didn't get out of MAR is these two guys playing better. You know, Brams, you mentioned that mm-hmm. it sounds like he has right. the relationship with the two Polish guys. So so maybe that's so maybe that's you know what you're gonna get as a benefit. If that's the case, if you get six goals from six or seven goals from the two of them combined, that's that could be a lot of points right there. So, um, I, I don't think you sell them sell them yet. Clearly, clearly, uh, Swiderski was not happy with Mar. Um, we all know that. I think that's pretty clear. What does that look like now? By the way, did they tell did they tell Carol that Mar was fired? <laughs> like, did he just like not did he not get the word that Mar had been fired, and that's why he didn't show up? I'm not I, I I'm not getting uh. The full story there, I feel like. Let's do the math. Ready? Are you guys ready, ready to do the math? I'm not good at math, but I'll yes. follow along. Okay. So, we're talking about Carol Svidersky, and we're talking about his his return trip to the United States. He's playing on Tuesday the 14th in Poland's home match. That match ends in Poland in a loss against Belgium on Tuesday night. Tuesday night, Wednesday, he gets on a plane. He flies back to the United States. It takes all day. Thursday, he trains. Friday, he gets on the plane to Columbus. Saturday, he plays in the match. Is that timeline realistic? No. Yes. 
<laughs> He's an elite athlete. I don't know what you want to tell me. Want me to tell you? He should have at least been available as a sub, unless there's something that we don't know. There's always the case that there's something we don't know. MLS reporting is very bad, but knowing what we know, he should have at least been available as a sub. Come on. Available as a sub, I can give you. I can I can get behind that. Obviously, there's COVID protocol, and who knows what that played into it, if anything, and who who knows still. Um, this is obviously a huge question, I think, John. Bigger picture for soccer in general about games and how many games and all that, which is a different time, a different place. I, I don't think he, I don't think it was, a, you know, to your point, I, I think you go easy on him for, for the travel. I think that's a long distance, two trips. If it was a home game, I think he may have played um, being an away game on top of flying all the way from Europe. I think, I think that's fair. I, I, I don't have anything against it. If he doesn't play this game coming up, I think then you can, you can start questioning though. Right. And that's why I think Danny Brams, your your criticism is is spot on. And 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 Saturday night, I'm saying to myself, "Where's Carol? Where's Carol? Carol, where are you? Like, like right. we we need, like we need you. <laughs> like, do you? Are you like? How is it going to work? Are you just going to be a? Are you resigned to being Poland's backup striker and just making money from Charlotte FC? And if that's what your situation is, that's cool." Got no problem with that whatsoever. Um, but realistically, that's why someone like Danny Rios is so important. We have to have a backup striker to Carol Spodersky that can put balls in the back of the net. And if Rios isn't that guy, we we need to go out there and sign somebody else. Yeah, and Danny Brams, what's the deal with Kerwin Vargas? He just he just is he going to play? I mean, we were talking about him. If this is not the time he plays as a sub for Danny Rios, then when when is he going to get on the field? That's a really good question, Matt. And the fact of the matter is, I'm 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 really surprised we haven't seen him. I thought for I thought he had a chance to start against Columbus. If you listen to our last episode, I thought for sure we'd see him as a sub. And I'm I'm just actually like really wilded out that we haven't seen him. And it starts to look to me. I, I made this joke to John earlier that I'm an Arsenal fan in the Premier League, so I can spot a panic signing like a mile away. And right now we're starting to see the signs of a panic signing as far as Vargas goes. I, I don't want to say it yet. I still think Vargas can be a good contributor on this team, but I'm wondering why he hasn't so far, I guess, is, is the question. Could use him if he was as good as everyone's hyped him. But to your point, if it's a panic one, then then I just think it, you know, at the time we signed him, the team was kind of a little bit under some criticism for some goals. We've been dealing with, you know people mad about our roster not being fully filled out and, and stuff like that. I'm not calling it a panic signing yet, but I'm, I'm, Oh, I'm approaching getting ready to call it that. We'll see if we, it, I'd like to see him come in and make an impact. And then I can just be a Kerwin Vargas fan. That's what I want. You know, I'm not here to, you know, what, what can I say? And we won't make any comment about his uh, four signings at Arsenal uh, this summer, John, they're all panic signings. None as bad as yes. Tim Hallstrom, I can guarantee you that. We we get to have that debate over a few more Golden Boys, just not on microphone, which is which is just as nice sometimes as when you're here doing the show on the Charlotte Soccer Show. We're we're so happy that you're here. Give us a five star review. This is good debate, right? I, I think this is the conversation that should be surrounding the squad. We're not corporate fans. We're not just acting like this club can do no wrong. And, and you can listen to the the trailer of the show. Danny Rams, if if you if you exactly. want to know exactly what this show is all about, and I think it's about criticism, it's about real conversation, and it's about topics like Alan Franco, a guy that is somewhat Ooh. become now ostracized. Just a hair, yeah. The the Ecuadorian is playing in the World Cup, but he's not he's not playing so, in Charlotte oh. FC's squad. Can you please explain that one to me, please? I wish I could, man. I wish I could. I. I thought Franco was one of our rocks. I really, I thought he was in, implacable in the front, in the starting 11, and he was plagued. I mean, I don't know what to say. He he lost his place at this point. He had some injury knocks that kind of slowed him down a little bit. Maybe he's still dealing with that more than we realized. But right now, the latest rumors that have surfaced uh, late yesterday and then into today is that uh, his old club, Atletico Monero, who we who sent him to us on a loan with option to buy. They may, we may be sending him back for a different player. We may be getting a forward, a guy named Fabio, who played for Red Bulls last year, incidentally, and wasn't fantastic, but was okay. Uh, 
but yeah, we may be we may be doing a one for one swap just to sort of keep the salaries the same and sending Franco back is is the rumor. Now, I've heard that from any type of official sources. I, I don't want to see it happen because I really do like Franco on this team, but there's a small chance, at least as of today, that he has played his last for Charlotte. We'll see. His last game for Charlotte FC? It's in rumor stage. I, I, again, I, I, I'm only reporting rumors with the full transparency that this is just chatter. There's nothing from official sources, but we're talking about sending Franco back to Brazil and getting a replacement from Atletico Monero because he just hasn't worked out for us, I guess. In some people's eyes. In, in my mind, he's been a great player, but what can I say? The Blue Hornet. Somebody that was a rock under, under MAR. Um, now, I think that we could probably say that he is the, the player that benefits the least from the, the change in management. Yeah, I'd agree. Which is uh, quite the twist, quite the uh, the unexpected turn of events for somebody that would get the full ninety award for the first half of the season. Now he's he's out, and somebody else has to fill those ninety minutes. How did it happen? We don't know. We don't know. We we've we've got one more thing to do on the show, and it's that time. It's that time for the listener Q and A and real talk. This is one of my favorite segments of the week. Because we've got uh, James Paul Perez, one of our tre- tremendous friends of the show, with a great question like about halfway through the season, what are your thoughts on hashtag for the crown, MVP, defender of the year, TIFO of the year. Danny Brams, you've got to kick this one off. All right, so we're going to go for defender of the year start. I'm going to go, it's a pretty obvious one, it's Carujo. It's, it's you know, you'd, you'd want to give it to Fuchs, but he's just missed too much time with injury. Mora made a surprising case recently, but I got to give it to Carrillo. He's our rock. He's our deputy captain. He's the deputy. And, uh, you know, he's our best. He's easily been our best defender of the year when, when you really get down to it, I think. He's a rock. Defender of the year. Does Brant Bronico count as a defender? No. <laughs> uh, I'll say Jalen Lindsay. I think, you know, he hasn't played a couple couple weeks. He got on late or was about to get on late the other day. Um, I think I think he's, you know, stable when he's on the field. He, he's been a pretty good, pretty good player in the back. I take him. He, he's he's played so well, uh, specifically in the first, you know, 10 games of the yeah. year. Where he was the full ninety player um, for the first ten games, so you can you are you starting to see the rotation now? It's it's hard to play soccer uh, when when you play full ninety minutes for an extended period. Uh, that takes a toll. Yeah, that <laughs> those depth players are huge. They are a- absolutely huge. So uh, it's it's a great question from from JPP and and my defender of the year without a doubt is is Christian Fuchs, team dad. Uh, happy Father's Day, team dad. Uh, Christian Fuchs, he he won my heart, Danny Brams, when he did his press conference after the firing of MAR and just was like, I'm the boss <laughs> and I call the shots. And I was like, all right, uh, like power struggle over. Uh, we, we see who has now won and that's cool. And I just can't wait for him to get back into the squad, right? It's like, he he's he, you both want him to start when he's available, right? It's like he has to start. <laughs> That's true. MVP and TIFO of the year. Quit, this one will be quick. Go ahead. MVP's Bronico. It's close, maybe with Shinya, but it's Bronico. Oh man, I'm just gonna, I'm about to I'm about to put Brands upside down. Ben Bender is the MVP of this team. He has he has six points, leads the team in points, three goals, three assists. And is the face of the is the future of the franchise. So Ben Bender, MVP, first half of the year. Amazing answer. And Ben Bender, a great call out tonight here on the show. Uh, my MVP is Christian Kalina. What? He's he, he's he's been the guy at home at the key. He has saved some games, so I I'm not gonna the the messes. <laughs> They they hurt, but he has. Kept- I just feel like the mistakes are too much to rule him out for being MVP. But it's an interesting call. It is an interesting one, but they are some pretty bad mistakes. But how many how many clean sheets does he have at home? He's, yeah, no, he's, he's been good at home. He's been good at home. Got that, a handful of Kalina sheets. There, sure. My point is, is that 
if Charlotte FC wasn't good at home, what would they be? Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. I agree. I take that. So, I like the logic. So he's he's somebody that's saved games. I mean, he's he's uh, he's he's kept Charlotte FC in it in so many matches. And, and Tifo of the year for me is the um, by far Ben Bender Tifo. Yeah. Dirty dancing, dirty dancing. Yeah, no, nobody puts Bender in a corner. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, for sure. I agree. Honorable mention to Allison the Heron. Was tremendous. Who's Amadio from So Rare? He's one of our Tifos. He's he's a he's a listener and a fellow So Rare player, uh, like myself. Uh, I I need to get together with this guy and talk some So Rare for sure. He's got a great question, and it says, "What is Fuchs's role in the squad when he returns to the team?" Does Walks maintain his spot? So there's there's two answers to this, really. Fuchs' role, because it depends on the, – the answer to the second part of it depends on the answer to the first part, which is if Fuchs is going to come in as a left back, which I think is possible still over Mora, then Walks will remain his spot. Walks is – in the last two matches, has clearly earned a spot over McCoon. I think he's he's locked it down, his, his place over McCoon for sure. But – he has not locked down a place over Christian Fuchs as a center back. If Fuchs is not ready to go at left back, if Latanzio likes what Moore is doing and, and wants to keep him there, then Walks will be the third center back behind Carujo and Fuchs. Man, I have so many answers to this question. Um, he's going to play. I, I don't have any doubt that he plays. To your point, is it's where. Um, I know I mentioned earlier a super sub. I think that's still a perfect role for him as this team starts to kind of find where it wants to go. Um, maybe in that in that Al Franco role that's now vacant, kind of put Fuchs in there and just kind of let him run. Um, but I think in the back he will Brams he will he will stay in the back. I think that is like my just super sub. Put him anywhere; he'll be better than any other player on the field at that position. I think he still stays in the back. He'll play he'll play at left back. Um, I think Joe Mora is not the the long term goal neither is long-term goal but if i'm going to take either one over those two i'm taking christian fuchs all day it's it's a full circle you know it just it it always comes back to the original take it just is 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 why i love this show because this is not new right when it comes to christian fuchs and and in your take on the show matt is that he's somebody that can play multiple positions and yes walks can maintain his spot and Fuchs can play too. It's just a matter of where does he fit in the squad. And I think that's the biggest question about this squad. And that's why MAR was fired. Because he couldn't figure it out. And Fuchs didn't like it. And now Fuchs can potentially put himself in the squad where he wants. So where does he want to play? We're going to find out here soon. Yeah. As soon as he's back. As soon as he's back, he's in wherever he wants. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. If he's healthy, that's the other thing is. Yeah, that is. The other that thing is, is the, we don't know for sure when he comes back. I mean, what you know, it could be us. What do you I mean at that point weeks. when he comes back? If he's had that much time off, then it's a different conversation. At some point, there is a change of uh, he can't keep playing if he has no game reps. But um, I don't think we're at that that point yet. I, th- I think he still starts as soon as he's back. Last question tonight is from from Evan Hitch. Do you think we see Derek Jones in the starting eleven? I felt like the last match against Montreal, they were more physical, especially Wanyama. Shout out Victor Wanyama on the show tonight in the midfield. Please. Wow, I did not expect that. How many Spurs yeah, I know. are you going to get in? Just... <laughs> Shout out Matt Turner. Uh, no, the, I don't, I don't think – Derek Jones? I don't think Derek Jones is going to play. I mean, I, I think he – he has again another project, but how many projects do you take on? If he starts to really shine in certain, you know, on training, and you get him a few reps here and there, and as a sub, um, I don't, I don't think he's. I think he's a project. You can put him almost down into um, independence if you want, or Charlotte too, and, and kind of develop him. That wow, way. he just scored a goal, dude. Sixth year project. <laughs> You got to build a squad. I mean, you can't keep wasting spots on on st- guys that aren't going to play. I mean, I know he scored. This but- might be your yeah. this might be your worst yeah. take of the night. 
Yeah, Geslin, when we were doing this show, I knew you were going to come with the hot takes when we invited you, but that might be just a little bit too hot. That might just be so hot it's cold. <laughs> so hot it's cold. Derek Jones of the Independence. Give me a break. I'll answer the question. I'll just say Jones not going to start in this formation. He wouldn't start, I don't think, unless we went to the double pivot. I don't think he can quite do what Bronico does. He is talented. Which is what we both want, by the right. way. Right. We'll take the double. I'll take a double pivot. No, no, no. He's not a project. He, he is what he is, I think. I think I think Jones can improve, but I don't project on Jones is just a rough, rough label, I feel. Charlotte Soccer Show. Follow us on Twitter at for the crown baby. It's it's a countdown until the next home match against Austin on a Thursday night. Thirsty Thursday at the keep. I'm counting down, man. As always. For the crown, baby.